0: This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and
3: Mike Pritchard on v Hey, everyone. Welcome in. It is, as we do every single Tuesday, your Tuesday crew on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. We're live from downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook studios. Great to see Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. Matt Santos, our producer behind the glass. Yet another Monday night in the books, Pritch. And all of a sudden, within the context of the AFC race, Baltimore Ravens starting to look pretty good three straight wins six and three and down to six to one now Mike to win the AFC team that is playing with momentum looking to get a little healthier now Mm -hmm. and you have to like the direction they're going in
4: yeah not bad outing right there by the Baltimore Ravens on the road without Andrews premium playmaker right there offensively and uh, you think about the running back situation for them uh, when you have Drake coming in and, and doing well too so Uh, Yeah, not a great, uh, not a great um, performance by the Saints at home who had an opportunity to go and be tied with uh, Tampa Bay and Atlanta and start their division. But yeah, I mean, Baltimore, you kind of like them moving forward for a lot of reasons. Obviously, obviously adding Roquan Smith um, and they're going to get healthier, like you alluded to and mentioned there, Ben, but uh, they were the home team last night, if you think about it. Right. And that, to me, speaks so many so, so loudly in terms of what this team's psyche is, mentality is, and, and confidence level is, is at right now, too. So, yeah, that bowls well for Baltimore moving forward. I was on the Saints last
3: night. Oh, man. I felt very stupid very okay. early. That was a, a dead dog walking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. big reason why I like New Orleans going in was what had Baltimore really shown us defensively. Mm-hmm. They were 24th against the run, 25th yeah. against the pass, heading into last night. Sure, you bring in Roquan Smith in a deadline deal from Chicago, but Mm -hmm. how would that really impact things right away? And what ends up happening, as we'll show you on the screen in a second, 13 first downs (laughs) on 10 (laughs) drives for the Saints. And on the flip side, Baltimore goes 40 carries, 188 yards on the ground against the Saints' number one rush defense, another angle I liked Mm -hmm. on the Saints' side. Two big surprising elements for me, Mike, considering the stats had not been there in those respective elements for the Ravens.
4: Yeah, look at the time of possession, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said Baltimore was the home team. And that's hard to do. I played in that dome. And when the Saints are going, when they're marching, uh, <laughs> that dome is a hard place to to function in. But, no, I, I think it speaks so loudly about where Baltimore is as a football team and their confidence level. You know, Roquan Smith coming in, and, yeah, it late. Like, the late-moment trade situation, but he's a defensive player. You know, you just say, just read and react. Go get the football. And I, I don't think that scheme is that complicated either. And, and Roquan Smith, he's a hell of a player. He's a smart player too. So uh, making an impact in, in some running plays uh, there and Camara was not a factor uh, because of the athleticism on the other side for Baltimore. Uh, I leaned towards the Ravens. I didn't play it come off the weekend. I was sa- satisfied with my weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't play it. I did look at a Saints teaser, though earlier on in the week, Uh, but I'm glad I didn't play that either. And you decided, no, no, we're good. Yeah, I mean, it's Andy Dalton, right? And it's, I know the quarterbacks mean so much to the number, and Lamar Jackson, the influence and the impact that he can have on an offense, we saw that last night. Um, But the whole quarterback depending depending position uh, angle that I've been talking about as a player, you know, even – when you do have a decent quarterback uh you, you have to have that supporting cast as well but when you don't have a decent quarterback and he misses throws and i mean I, that's a downgrade right and that's why i was looking at a teaser uh side of things for the saints but i didn't i didn't go i didn't play it uh but i did have a lean on the ravens though
3: and the takeaway on the saints side has to be as you point out it's like who who are the saints yeah. what is this team they're 3-6, and six, yet the numbers had looked really good in a lot of instances. Good defensive personnel, best rush defense in the league. And then you get battered right up the middle time and again with, with the you know, being outplayed in the trenches here. And you look at this New Orleans offense as well. Alvin Kamara, last time I checked, pretty good, Mike. Right. Nine carries, three catches out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. You're really giving him 12 touches in a game where you have a second quarterback you've been on this year in Andy Dalton. It's just it's been, like, that game was a microcosm of the Saints season in a nutshell, where just when you start to think, we figure out what that identity is, they take a giant step backwards and now sit, as you point out, three and six and unable to make up any ground in that NFC South race.
4: Right, I I mean, they're most consistent playmakers, speaking of the Saints, uh, you you know, Alave has been decent as a rookie at times, Kamara too, but, you know, Kamara could be limited. Like, if you have linebackers that can cover him out of the backfield, or if you got guys that can run with him, or if you got guys Uh, or a potent defensive front that can negate the running game, Uh, you you take Kamara out uh, of a lot of situations. The guy I thought the Saints should have focused in on was Taysom Hill from a a gadget guy play. You know, he tried to run in plays and stuff like that, but Baltimore was ready for it. Uh, the, The thing that happened in that game reversed for me because I thought the Saints would be better prepared against Lamar Jackson. The stat of the week going into that game was Lamar Jackson, 13 one and 14 career starts against the NFC, right? And, and so that told me that the NFC, they don't see a player like Lamar Jackson, the AFC does obviously. And then uh, he's just so hard to prepare for. But with Taysom Hill, I, I thought he could give that defense a look similar to Lamar, not be Lamar, but be similar to Lamar and what they want to do. But obviously that didn't work out because Lamar Jackson still was impactful in the running game. Uh, But on the other side, I thought Taysom Hill could be impactful. But then uh, you have the Ravens seeing Lamar Jackson each and every day, too. So that negated that.
3: How much do you want to look at last night and say, we had Baltimore coming off Thursday night, whereas Mm -hmm. we've talked about on this show, that has been a very profitable angle now to look at. And whether that is the extra two two to three days, meaning you have better health, you look crisper in your execution. But those teams now, the last 10 teams coming off our last five Thursday night football games, eight and two against the number the following week. right? And Baltimore definitely looked like a rested, crisp team, even with some of the injuries out there. Are you willing to look at last night and say more of a product of the Thursday night trends or more of poor negative signs to come here for New Orleans?
4: Um, You know, I, I think it's more of the team and those trends because Baltimore ran it 40 times, you know, and we think about, uh, the wear and tear on running backs when we think about the running game, but more importantly, it's about the offensive line, right? Uh, and that offensive line to block and to be physical like that for forty plays against that defensive front—that's uh, what the preference was for that mm-hmm. offensive line. I mean, I think the Saints—they have a—they have a pretty good, a decent pass rush, right? And uh, you know that. And and you know, without Andrews, that could have been dicey and difficult. But I love how Baltimore established their game plan. I mean, they came out, they threw the ball a little bit, but. Uh, their bread and butter was running the football, even with Kenyon Drake, who's a change of pace kind of guy. He's not a between the tackles type of running back, but he was basically untouched a lot of times. So uh, a lot of credit to the offensive line. So if you're looking for angles moving forward, right. with with teams like Baltimore, Thursday night trend or, or a short week situation, is it their fabric to get up and be physical like that? Is it a mentality? And I think with Baltimore, it is. Can
3: we also retire the whole narrative that Baltimore can't finish games. Wasn't that more of just a one or two off type situation where you blow the Miami game in the fashion right. that they did, lose a wonky Giants game late, a team that could very easily right
4: now be 7-2 and two or 8-1. and one. Yeah. We
3: retire that narrative. It, it was a weird week two or week three game. Like, that's just how it was for Baltimore.
4: Yeah, I mean, that was an outlier. I think Miami Dolphins um, was at 1-711 now. Uh, in situations yeah. where you have that big of a lead in the fourth quarter in the last decade, uh, and, Not and you usually lose a game. an
3: optimal situation. No, no it. outlier, outlier.
4: <laughs> yep. So, but I, I think the Ravens—they're an aging roster, though. Like Calais Campbell was out for an important game, and uh, you look at the secondary and and how much advanced age they are, I guess, if you will, in the National Football League. Adding Roquan Smith has added some energy, you know, and and added. And added that presence, too, though. I mean, we it? haven't seen a presence like that for a while. Right, yeah. Uh, right? Imagine. And, and it, is,
3: is, Yeah, the acquisition there.
4: Yeah, and I, and I think that is going to, in the locker room, is going to add energy. But on the field, uh, that's just going to add so much more confidence to that defense side of the ball now.
3: We'll talk a little bit later in the show about the concerns in Buffalo, mm. injury-wise, with Josh Allen at quarterback. With that being said, and some uncertainty, at least as we sit at the midway point of the season, you interested at six to one in Baltimore? Is that a number that entices you, or is this just yeah? Uh, well, they looked really good on yeah. a national stage, so now their value is a
4: little bit inflated. I will say this: the threat of Lamar Jackson now throwing the ball uh, is opening up Lamar Jackson as a runner uh, and doing Lamar Jackson things. He is he is a handful and, and then some, right? Uh, now in the playoffs, does it formulate into something successful? We haven't seen it, right? We haven't seen Lamar Jackson in the playoffs uh, have that high level of success. But the threat, and that's what they're doing. They're threatening you with the prospect that Lamar Jackson is a pocket passer. But make no mistake, their bread and butter is running the football and being physical that way. So, you know, the defense being improved, the the elbow situation with uh, Josh Allen, I mean, we'll find out more about that. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes and and the Chiefs, uh, if they do develop a running game, they they looked uh, all the part. But you know, I'm curious about the Dolphins. I'm not sold on them yet. But not yeah, yet. yeah, uh, it's enticing though. Six to one uh, right now with uh, what Baltimore though. At least for
3: Baltimore, and you mentioned the physicality for a veteran team mm-hmm. that needs to be in those schedule optimal type spots. Right. You couldn't ask for a better stretch right yep. now. You play one game in three weeks, bye week now for Baltimore after they had the Thursday night the previous week, mm-hmm. and they get Carolina at home coming out of the bye. This this seems, Mike, like you're going to have a seven and three team heading into Week 12, where that's that's as good of a stretch as you could want to have and a position to be in heading into the home stretch.
4: Yeah, that loss to the Jets by Baltimore, I mean, excuse me, by um Buffalo, opened up, the open up home home field number one right. seed. It really did open that up, and <laughs> you know Kansas City. I mean, that's something that they live by that the AFC Championship goes through them, uh, and, and now they have an opportunity again, even though they lost to uh, Buffalo early on. Right.
3: As far as the Saints, it's just...
4: Oh, we could talk about it more a little bit I later. I
3: had a future on them, too. You, they're now 5-1 in the NFC South. Great. T- Tampa Bay is minus 200 after that okay. very convincing last-second wave. Oh, for man. The uh, still to come as we're just starting things out on the Lombardi line. It is our regulars here on a Tuesday. Will Hill, our outstanding Vison analyst, and then Josh Applebaum, host of v Morley Morning Daily Bets and the Market Insights podcast. Those two gentlemen will join us a little bit later. Up next, though... There's turmoil around the league, Mike. Firing in Indianapolis. Could there be another one in Las Vegas in the weeks to come? We'll discuss because those two teams play each other this week.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
2: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The campaign moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now wherever you're listening.
6: You're listening to the Lombardi line
0: on VSN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard.
3: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 4700 I think we stumbled into a little pro tip in segment <laughs> one, Pritch, right out of the gates. Again, looking at not blindly following trends, but if you can hone in on very specific things that play out time and again in the NFL. This year, over the last five weeks, teams coming off of Thursday Night Football, the following week are 8-2 against the number. And we've seen, as we just talked about, consistently looking crisper, sharper, well-rested. And that has resulted in uh, some edges there in the betting line.
4: Right, right. And then look for the obvious stuff that you want to look for at this time of year. And, you know, teams getting better, teams adding premium players, you know, those kind of things. But, uh, yeah, you can enhance uh, some of these trends that way. Uh, I, I talked about style of play. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a shift in the NFL this year in terms of style of play in the running game and the toughness uh, factor. Uh, and, and we know, uh, you know, that's right in the wheelhouse of Baltimore uh, in that culture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you can certainly enhance your betting uh, prospects that way by by tracking what you just mentioned, following the pro tips here here at VEASAN for sure, but uh, enhancing that too with that kind of knowledge. We have a pro tip every single hour here at the network. 20 a day.
3: Go to VEASAN.com for pro subscribers. All of our pro tips available there for this week. Houston and Philadelphia each getting support in the market. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about those teams a little bit later, but Houston from seven to six and a half point dogs at the Giants. Philadelphia from 10 to 11 and a, uh, 11 yeah. Yeah, but we will probably see that get to 11 and a half. Philadelphia, <laughs> okay. right now, it's a blanket 11 on the board, uh, hosting Washington yeah. on Monday Night Football. Another interesting matchup as we start flipping ahead to week 10 in the NFL in Indianapolis. It will be a new coach, Jeff Saturday, the interim, <laughs> who was just announced yesterday after Frank Reich fired by owner Jim Ursay. You look at this Indianapolis team, preseason uh-huh. favorite to win the AFC South, and Mike at it- Three, five, and one. It has been a disaster in every which way. Worst offensive line in the game, benching a quarterback they signed in the offseason and committed to in Matt Ryan. What did you make of A, the decision to fire Reich, and B, the decision to hire a guy with zero professional coaching experience? Well, let's
4: start with A. Last week we were on A uh, the, about the smoke screens. You know, you text when just, <laughs> you literally text him smoke screens. Oh, no, I mean, they fired their offensive coordinator after benching Matt Ryan. I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many smoke screens here because Frank Reich calls the plays, and you're going to fire your offensive coordinator. I mean, and I even said Frank Reich is next. Now, I didn't think Urce would do it in, in the middle of the season because he hasn't really done that, right? And maybe you will wait to the end of the year, but he did not hesitate because, obviously, he had been talking to Jeff, you know, a little bit along the way. Uh, because you just don't need jerk and say, hey, Jeff Sarady, you could be my head coach? I mean, you've had conversations. You don't call him up on no, Monday at no. uh, 11 a.m. and, hey, buddy, you wanna yeah. think about this coach? I'm <laughs> right, yeah. I'm gonna fire this guy, but I want you. No, no, I think they've been uh, not in the cahoots or anything like that, but certainly uh, have been talking about it. You know, Ursay, he probably needed to do something like this. He cut Peyton Manning. When Peyton Manning, and then he had comments about Peyton Manning in regards to, uh, I'm tired of the Star Wars numbers or something like that to the to the extent that way, I, I wanna win championships. Uh, now it opened the door to drafting Andrew Luck, but we know the story with Andrew Luck, but um, no, I, from a legendary player standpoint, Ursay um, probably needed to do this or he felt like he needed to do this. Now, when Wilkes got the interim head coaching situation in, in Carolina, was there a big press conference for the interim head coach? I don't remember i don't one. remember either but i do remember this one the radar yes. <laughs> i remember the owner and chris ballard and i remember you know this big press conference for an interim head coach uh, but yeah I, I think this is all optics uh this is something for the organization and maybe for jersey sales and ticket attendance there's no substance to this at all for jeff saturday to be the head coach of the colts
3: and jim ursay of the many notable lines at that press conference the one that stands out the most, you see the bio from Jeff mm-hmm. Saturday, who is now the interim head coach. But Jim Irsay says, I like Jeff Saturday because he hasn't doesn't have that fear in his eyes. He hasn't failed before and hasn't had to go through those things at the pro level. And he's somebody who isn't overcome by analytics. Uh. And he is not going to think in that way. He's just going to think with his gut. Right. Jimmer, what did Jim, did your Stimmer say ever play? Or I don't know. Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> so now you have Saturday in with yeah. no experience. Oh, the thing we're trying to figure out for this week especially, there's not a single coach who has ever called plays right now mm-hmm. on this Colts coaching staff. Right. Jeff Saturday comes in on a Monday. Team plays Las Vegas this mm-hmm. week. What do you think ends up being the case from a, a play calling standpoint? I have Las no Vegas? idea.
4: I, and that's that's the crazy thing about this hire is because... It's in reverse. I mean, Frank Wright hired, fired the offensive coordinator before he got fired. Like thinking that was going to save his job. <laughs> this is hilarious, uh, by the way. It's like arrested development. It really narrator. is. It really it did, is. Did but but now he Frank is fired. But now you don't have an offensive coordinator. You know, if you would okay, if it was really from the top and they had structure, if they had a thought process, uh, they probably would have said, "Oh, let's not hold the hold off on firing offensive coordinator. Let's give Frank Wright one more week." Uh, And then if it looks like this, and if this that bad, then, okay, we'll fire him. But we'll at least have an offensive coordinator for a young quarterback. Um, Yeah, this is comedy all the way around. And I feel sorry for Saturday because uh, I think the fellas are not going to respect this in the locker room. You have Kevin Mawai on the offensive line. He's a Hall of Famer. Jeff Saturday is a legendary Colt, but Kevin Mawai is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Reggie Wayne should be a Hall of Famer. He's on that staff. Gus Bradley's been a coach before, uh, a head coach, and he's on that staff. It's like, are they really going to look at this seriously? Like I said, this is optics. This is jersey sales. This is uh, fan attendance, sentiment, whatever you want to go, wherever you want to go. There's no substance behind this.
3: It's just on the offensive line standpoint, too. So, again, Jeff Saturday, he will be taking over now, (laughs) and at least – Latest line now as we look at some of the updated numbers here we have seen this move all the way up as high as six and a half couple of books still looking at six Raiders hosting the Colts this week. But the offensive line element. It's something that has not been talked about nearly enough because offensive line is not a sexy thing to talk about every single day. But the Colts spent $41 million on their offensive Mm -hmm. line this season by far the most in the National Football League. They're 31st in run block separation and they've allowed the most sacks by a wide margin 35 so far in the NFL. How does a line that was top two or three each of the past few seasons crater to a degree that severe, Mike? It's it's an impossible thing to try to figure
4: out. Right. If there's any substance to this, it would be Saturday trying to create the willingness uh, to be tough. As a former lineman and right. outstanding center. Right. But again, you have Kevin Mawai who played center, you know, Saturday played center. Kevin is a Hall of Famer, like I mentioned. But you know, Kevin Mowai is from that Howard Mudd situation, too. Same thing with Saturday. And Howard Mudd was in Seattle. I, was, I played with Kevin Mwai, uh in Seattle, too, and, and Howard Mudd was there. And uh, it, he was just so impactful as an offensive line coach, much, much like Skarnikia, who was out there in, in New England. Um, but with Saturday coming in, he's going to challenge these offensive linemen to be tough again. I mean, Quentin Nelson, what happened to your toughness, man? Somebody stole that from you. Uh, when linebackers are trucking you uh, through the line of scrimmage that way and so if anything the takeaway for me as a better now uh not as a player in the comedy of this situation but as a better the colts want to run the football how can we run the football just like everybody else in the national football league well you got to be tough you know scheme goes so far but you got to be tough and if saturday can do any type of motivating a leader or or example of, of trying to instill toughness in that offensive line, maybe there's a chance for the Colts. They, they got a de- decent defense, you know? It's not horrible. They got decent players there. Gus Bradley, again, a respected defensive coordinator, but they can't run the football. They can't function. And you're now facing a Las Vegas defense. For all the issues for right. the Raiders, eighth
3: against the run heading into last week against Jacksonville. And right. for the Raiders, the issues, once again, have been protecting leads. Mm-hmm. One in three under Josh McDaniels with a 17-plus point lead this year. Right, right. Pretty remarkable, at least when you consider that the Raiders as a franchise since 1984 had been 106-3 and 3 in those same spots. Blowing a 17-point lead does mm-hmm. not happen all that often, as you yeah. just indicate with, with the numbers here. Where does where do the Raiders go now, having to lay a big number with the continued turmoil now of a 2-7 team?
4: Yeah, there's turmoil. That's a great word for everything that's going on with the Raiders right now. And um, I, I don't know how to get it together. Like, they thought they could band together by staying in Florida for the week. And... Uh, I, I laughed at that because you're supposed to do that in training camp, right? You establish those kind of relationships, but clearly they're not all on the same page. And, uh, you know, it, it's the wheels are wobbling. I don't know if the wheels have fallen off. They're already talking about going beyond Derek Carr. I mean, Josh McDaniels, these failures, as the head coach. And here comes uh, the Colts, the comedy of the Colts. You're catching six points here. Um, and, and it's fascinating from a betting standpoint, I mean, If the Colts can run the football, (laughs) they could get inside this number because of what's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders. Second half
3: of the Raiders, 25 plays, 65 total yards against the Jacksonville defense who was bottom 10 in yards per drive allowed this season think about that for a second yeah. it was so bad and the jaguars uh, get get the job done there's a lot of injury news and notes as well to unpack from around the nfl we'll discuss the impact of a potential injury in buffalo with josh allen tests happening today for allen we'll discuss when we return
0: you're listening to the lombardi line on vs with ben wilson and mike perchard
3: College basketball has started, and now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. At over 400 pages, it's our biggest betting guide ever, with odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis on every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops, Peterson, and Matt Humans, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference, champions, tournament teams, and breakdowns of all 60 coaching changes since last season. The only way to get the guide is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $99 and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up today slash subscribe Meanwhile, for us on the Lombardi line an NFL betting show, we're we're focused on all these injuries coming out. Oh. It is an injury Tuesday here to start. We're waiting on an update on Josh Allen who is seeing specialists today looking at a sprained UCL ulnar ultral, uh, collateral ligament that he suffered late in that loss to the Jets on Sunday. Was still at least after the injury Mike able to throw a football 69.7 yards which was the longest football thrown this season by the uh, ESPN uh, the next gen stats that they keep there but you think about the loss for Buffalo Mm -hmm. this injury that is going to at the very least limit Allen expected to not miss any time but will be limited this week in practice for the Bills. Uh, What do you make now of of what this does here to
4: Allen and this Bill's office? Well, I mean, the sense of urgency now is created again. I mean, off a bye week, uh, you get by Green Bay. Uh, You played a good first half, second half. Nothing was good about that, really, Josh Allen. Then you lose to the Jets, right? And and so uh, that should wake you up uh, for the best team uh, in the National Football League. Now the injury maybe compromises things a little bit. Uh, The UCL uh, situation, you know, adrenaline's going in the game, and he's not going to feel the pain of that until now, uh, that's when, okay, I I got an injured elbow, I got a situation with my elbow. But Josh Allen's the type of player, the type of quarterback, uh, to ask the doctors, you know, from this evaluation, depending on what they find, obviously they're gonna get some imaging, can we fix it in off season? Is this something I can play with, right? I mean, a lot of players would be that way. Uh, I I know I would be that way. Look, can we fix this in off season? Uh, Can I get through it? I can get through the pain, I'm good. Uh, So we'll see what develops though. But no, I think there's a sense of urgency created now because the performances, the last thirty minutes against Green Bay, and then the performance against the Jets, you know, that that's something that should be a wake up call for this football team. Now they're gonna get better, but when you're front runners, I think that has a tendency of happening. It could happen yeah. to you. Um, uh, I've been in a front running a situation before, and man, it gets tough. It, it really does when when all of a sudden you look across the field and uh, that team thinks of you differently. All right, and, and so. Uh, We knew the Jets, the culture had changed with Robert Sala, the head coach, and uh, they got the job done. But no, a lot of concern with the elbow situation to find out the severity of that UCL injury.
3: I'm glad you used the word urgency, though, Mm -hmm. because watching Bill's games, it wasn't just last week, but it's been a number of times throughout the season where Josh Allen has thrown four red zone interceptions now, Mm -hmm. and it has almost felt like this laissez-faire approach where they know they have the better personnel, the best, arguably the best quarterback in the game if you want to. Talk about Allen versus Mahomes. That's a mm-hmm. big uh, talking point. And we'll, we'll show you the updated MVP odds in a minute where one has usurped the other right now on the odds board. But it has had that feel where like, they know what they can do. And yet it's, it's just odd, though, to see that manifest in the red zone of all places. Right. It would, it's one thing to go in yeah, three and out and, and maybe start slowly. But it's weird to me, Mike, that the Bills issues have been in the red zone a lot of times where that, that's the one area you'd think, you are as locked in as in any spot on the field.
4: Well, the red zone is difficult these days because teams are designing their defenses like that. Like, you know, the two high safeties, the soft shell coverages and all that, you know, between the 20s, it's hard and difficult to stop an offense, a high-powered offense in today's NFL. But where can we stop them? Where do we have an advantage in the red zone? We got an extra defender with the back of the end zone, and uh, we can get more physical. We're not worried about people running behind us Uh, And and therefore, if we can keep everybody in front of us, the offense has to make the plays. Now, if the offense can run the ball, it's different. The Buffalo Bills, the toughness aspect is not there, right? Uh, They traded for Hines, um, which is another pass-catching running back or option. Uh, Maybe Buffalo's trying to do too much. They'll see that on tape. Josh Allen's trying to do too much, you know, trying to uh, do things in the red zone that you shouldn't be doing. But, it's because you can't be physical and run the football uh, that way. Uh, and they, they need to fix that. I, I thought they were going to fix it this year. Um, and because and, I saw that last year. But they need to they need to have the ability to run the football, be physical in the red zone. That, that will help out the passing game. Because now you can create matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't have matchups and you just have concepts in the red zone, that's going to get difficult.
3: Now with Josh Allen being limited to the run game, Importance increases that much more, and that's the one statistical area where the Bills had been below average coming into this past week 19th Mm. in run block separation. Mm. And you thought, well, does that really matter? They have Josh Allen, they have all these outstanding wide receivers. Maybe that matters more so now going forward, and maybe why you'd be a little bit more hesitant to lay big numbers here with the
4: Bills. I did not know there was a stat for blocking,
3: dude. There's a stat for everything. (laughs) Wait a minute, hold up run yeah. block separation run blo- yeah,
4: football outsiders run block separation
3: <laughs> wow. well it's, it's a pretty self-explanatory no, no, I, I am stat. Not, how, I'm not clowning how on good it good are you doing as an offensive line as, I, a, of creating separation I, for I your never running knew backs. that that existed seriously
4: 1000 percent were you you were you were a wide receiver you weren't having to well, run block Mike. well, well yeah I mean we did we did our fair share but I never thought there was a stat for run block separation <laughs> okay how do they even quantify that is it the amount of separation they get on a block or the,
3: what? The yard, the advantage on yards, like if you say line of scrimmage, okay. that's 0.0. Right. The amount of yards beyond the line of scrimmage you are oh. creating on
4: average for your running back. Okay. Okay. Yards before t- uh, t- touched it's or something a, it like is that. It's a similar, right. It's okay. a similar way of Gotcha football outside like i like how mike's just
3: like i mean i played in the league what we didn't we why do we need this hey man hey it's context man and that shows though buffalo and the other running statistics do reflect that as well
4: football outsiders can make some money off a run block separation more power to them hey seriously i
3: I like mike's like i'm not having it with the run block separation
4: but that does seem to be a thing
3: though right where you're buffalo if you can't run the ball right now we we know that josh allen depending on the severity of this injury Likely not to miss time, but at least we'll have to work through this. That could be a a thing that defenses, you would imagine, target pretty specifically and and vociferously here down the stretch. Right,
4: and that's the thing. I mean, Buffalo wanted to run the ball with Josh Allen a lot of times. Design runs with him in in the red zone, but with the elbow, maybe you're a little bit cautious about that now. But um, Josh Allen is not going to turn that down, though. I mean, I think if there's a chance to make plays, kind of like what we saw with Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, against – Uh, Tennessee here recently I mean look I I can win the game with my legs I'm going to do it right Uh, and and so I think Josh Allen is that type of quarterback too but no they have to have some type of running game they wanted a pass catching running back to help out the passing game but uh, it's it's the toughness uh, the run block separation aspect that they need to enhance here you're, you're,
3: oh, I, I love like that it. stat. Yeah, I love it. You're, I'm looking for I'm, it. You're going to look that up <laughs> now every single week. <laughs> so we look at the MVP odds now and where that adjusts. While Allen was at a Brown plus 110 or so heading into last week, falls back and out of plus 250, tied with Jalen Hurts of the Eagles for seconds on the odds board. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes, though, not only leapfrogs Josh Allen, he also leapfrogs Jalen Hurts this past week, Allen, at least in the Mahomes standpoint. Goes from, at least last week, about plus 450 at MGM, down to plus 225 in a game where he throws 68 times. Just too shy of Drew Bledsoe's 1993 NFL record. Should Mahomes have leapfrogged Hurts? It makes sense to leapfrog Allen, right? But shouldn't Hurts be the favorite at 8-0
4: and putting up the numbers he's putting up, Mike? Um, I would think so. Uh, But... You know the numbers always kind of lead the way, and and style of play too kind of leads the way. I think Jalen Hurts has some incredible uh, uh, moments and in, in numbers too, though, um, and, and his his evolution or or his growth has been incredible. Now, does that warrant Hall of Fame? I mean, assuming me, uh, MVP kind of odds or situation. I, I mean, Mahomes is kind of like the consistency uh, that you appreciate that's going on with the Chiefs here and. Uh, what he did on the big stage against the Titans with his legs, like I just mentioned, those are moments that uh, the voters are going to remember as well. Uh, making a charge, though, is Tua. Uh, and then you still have a former MVP in Lamar at 10-1. Nicely priced right there. So you're even looking for a little further. You think Jackson could still have some value there? I mean, it's possible.
3: Right? Um, we talked about the really the beneficial stretch here, the one game in three weeks. Yeah. Get Carolina at home out of a bye. That you would think schedule wise and both Baltimore and Philadelphia have very, very soft schedules going forward. I would think as a result that that has to lead into your handicap. Now that we have a little shorter runway, we've taken Mm -hmm. the first half of the season out. We know the numbers are what they are. So you're thinking to me, this is either a a Hertz bet or probably nothing, but you, you think that uh, there could be value on Jackson.
4: Yeah, because the value was on Mahomes a long time ago when, when Josh Allen certainly was a favorite and, um, you know, maybe people thought that the numbers would go down without Tyreek Hill. Uh, but no, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is impactful. Certainly some of the wins on the road against San Francisco and uh, things like that. So we'll, we'll see, though. I mean, maybe value uh, from the situation. And again, recency bias with uh, Baltimore off of Monday Night Football. But Lamar Jackson all year long, the prospects and the threat of him being a pocket passer has really opened up uh, some of the running situations that Baltimore has right now.
3: If you look at Philadelphia, only two games left against teams with an over 500 record. Yeah. It is so soft. And you have Jalen Hurts leads the NFL in rushing yards over Jackson right now. And you also have a team that, uh, last time I checked, has not lost a game yet. Right. Uh, This is a regular season award. Remember, NFL MVP. Uh, Interesting to see, though, how the odds have now shifted since last week. We'll continue to monitor the news if we get any during the show on Josh Allen and the injury news there. But up next... It is our guy, Will Hill, v analyst, joins with his early week 10 thoughts next.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking,
3: when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
4: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
3: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
4: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
6: You're listening to The Lombardi
0: Line on VSEN. With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard.
3: Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to twenty-five dollars back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to twenty-five dollars back in free bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We go out to the East Coast in New York where our guy Will Hill is standing by. Joining us, our outstanding Visa Analyst, at not the will hill on twitter and you know for pritch it's uh it's a big weekend out there you had the the jets who get the win over the bills and now we have the questions will about josh allen and his health for buffalo and are there actionable things you can do in the betting market sounds like you have found a couple what what are you doing
2: here with this josh allen injury news yeah you know it's just it's part of life is it better when you sort of have to act on the information act on the injury news and I'm just making a bet on the Vikings, and really my bet is that Allen won't play this week, and we don't know that for sure. I'm sure we'll get more of a definitive word today. I know some people have suggested Tommy John, which would bring Miami really into play to win the division, and you can get them at plus 550, but betting the Vikings here, plus I think all the sevens are gone. I think it's plus six. I'm just making a bet that he won't play. I think they'll be cautious with him. If you remember, he, he got hit. It was that sack on that second down play, final drive of the game. Third down play. He was wiggling his arm. He's he's grabbing his elbow. He skips the ball into the ground, I think, in front of Diggs. Now on fourth down, he did throw it pretty far. But uh long story short, I'm just I'm making a bet here that Allen doesn't play. If he doesn't, this line probably closes what? Buffalo by a field goal, maybe less. Um, it'd be tough. Keno's not a bad backup, but he's also not Josh Allen, the favorite to win MVP. So I'm just making a bet that Minnesota here will be facing a Buffalo team without its start quarterback and Boy, they've had a, a fortunate run here playing bad teams, playing mm. injured teams, and it would certainly continue if they get Buffalo without Allen. Mike, that opened
3: eight. Yeah. And we're, again, as Will points out, we're down to six and a right. half. You'd have to, th- I mean, Josh Allen worth at least five points mm-hmm. to the line. So oh, down yeah. th- I mean you could you could you could argue that could go inside three if, if that was the case yeah. and Buffalo would close shorter than a field goal home
4: favorite. Well I'm curious about Will's thoughts too on the other side with the Vikings. Like because I know Josh Allen impact, but then we know about Buffalo and that defense too and then playing up there in Buffalo. is impossible to win sometimes uh Will, but you know, on the other side with the Vikings, it, here's where I I get not confused, but um uh, very, very interested because You know you have a situation where last year the vikings were close uh right in in winning games those one score games this year they're winning those games but the sentiment is okay stay away from the vikings but i guess in a dog situation that's where you probably would want to be on the vikings
2: yeah i've been betting against the vikings these past few weeks just i think they're overrated based on their record even last week against washington they win they either don't cover or push depending on the number but that's not a very good Washington team and they're down 17 to 7 middle of the fourth quarter and of course they pulled the game out of the fire and you bring up a good point they lost all these close games last year the year before they were just always snake bitten, and it's really sort of reversed this year where they're winning all these close games but if you're in a situation where you're getting almost a touchdown and you're going to be possibly playing a backup quarterback mm-hmm. uh, I do think it's a good spot to play on them I don't know that they're really a contender in the NFC I, obviously Philly it's their conference to lose after that you know you could argue San Francisco Dallas you put Seattle in that mix? I, I, it's crazy to even say, but I don't yeah. know if you can leave them out anymore, but it's funny. It, it seems seven and one, but you don't hear anyone saying, you know who I think is going to make a run is the Vikings. It's just sort of a team that we're all kind of mad
3: on. Hey, when you win yeah. six straight games by one score yeah. and you, you don't look particularly impressive in any of them, well, that's probably where that, that general narrative comes from. You mentioned the Seahawks though, and they, they keep getting the job done. Kenneth Walker, the third at an outstanding has had an outstanding rookie season so far. And are you are you thinking this is now the time to buy before that number gets even shorter
2: for uh, for rookie of the year? I mean, is this the best number you could have gotten? No. Am I getting a great number? No. But I think in a couple of weeks from now, you can still get them right now at plus 110. I think that plus money is going to be gone soon because if you look around, it's pretty much him and Pierce. I guess you could put Olave in the mix. Pierce is a hell of a running back. He's really good they're probably not going to give the award to a running back on a team in Houston. That's going to win like two games and probably have the worst record in the league. Walker's contributing to a winning team. They're probably going to the playoffs. They're probably going to win nine, 10 games. You're going to have more leads as a running back. You want a team that has leads. I just think this is Walker's award to lose. Of course we have about you know a little less than half the season left. Anything can happen, but, I wouldn't say we're getting to the point where you're just betting against an injury, but if Walker stays healthy, I'm pretty confident he's going to win this award. And I think this is probably your last chance to get him at plus money.
4: Yeah. You know, it's a good thought too. I started rocking the Seattle Seahawks Jersey, by the way, Will and Ben, I started rocking yeah. that thing, but uh, that old number, he, what, eight, he, number 85? 85. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but you know, the thing about it too, I, I, I'm going to look it up. Will, do you know who uh, the last running back to win uh offense or rookie of the year that way? Um, Because maybe the sentiment can come around because we've seen the shift in the National Football League to the running game, right, Will? And uh, the emphasis uh, of running a football. And, okay, now you have the impact of Kenneth Walker to throw in the mix as well.
2: Is this a trivia question? I can't think. Top of my head, you, I would Will, guess,
4: did you Gurley sh- win it?
3: Will, you should know this because it's in your city. Uh, Saquon Barkley was, okay. the, was the guy.
2: Okay, Barkley yeah. won it. Gurley, Gurley, yes. won it maybe Gurley did win in 2015. Like. Yeah, okay. the
3: last three, Barkley 2018, Camara okay. 2017, and Gurley. In do i get then, any
2: parting uh, gifts consolation prizes dude, anything I know, or i
3: just i, I go home empty. no 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 no, come on Will, we're, we're nicer than that we're not gonna we're not gonna like boot you uh remember eddie lacy for my green bay packers <laughs> won it in 2013 and uh that was, that was right. a fun time to be alive uh, and then like as we continue the theme here we looking at some of these futures or longer season type bets uh, in, in a similar vein here to the seahawks and thinking on kenneth walker maybe the last time you can get that number before it gets out of hand and into the minus money range how are you approaching this Rams in-season win total here? With how awful they continue to look, another loss at the hands of Tampa this past week.
2: Yeah, I just keep betting their season win totals under. So I have some nine and a half, some under nine. I see it got reposted this week at eight. I mean, am I missing something here? They're three and five. This team is not going to go six and three and beat you. Maybe best case scenario, they go eight and nine and you push, but I don't even think they're going to do that. They're, they're not a good team. They can't block. They can't protect. I'm not sure Stafford makes it through the whole season. And if you look at their schedule, they still have road games at the Chiefs, at the Chargers, at the Packers, at the Saints, who are not great teams, the Packers and the Saints. But uh, look, when you're the Rams and you're this bad, every game is hard for you. They still play Seattle twice. And you know LA, it's sort of a fair weather town where they love the Lakers. They love the Dodgers. But They're not gonna have much of a home field advantage this second half of the season for sort of a middling Rams team. It's sort of a a front runner city when it comes to the Rams. So to me, this is a team, look, they won their title. They went all in. Uh, This is gonna be ugly. That was a a brutal loss the other day. I, I don't see them rallying here and making a push to the playoffs. To me, this is like, I don't know, a six or seven win team. This team will not win nine games to beat you. Worst case, they win eight and you push, but I feel good about the under eight.
4: Well, how about this next game? It's Detroit, Chicago. I am um, interested in watching this game, to be honest with you, I really am. I haven't made a bet. I don't know where if I, if I want to make a bet in this game, but um, it, it's three in terms of Chicago land. I see a two and a half two minus 120. Uh, 48 and a half to total. Your thoughts on, on this matchup?
2: I'm just gonna grab the three with Detroit. I don't know that Chicago who's played better this last month or so they you know they played well in Minnesota, almost won that game. They played really well obviously on Monday night against New England. They were back and forth with Miami, but I'm not at the position now where I can lay a field goal here with the Bears. Okay. The Lions aren't a very good team. They don't win a ton of games, but they seem to be in all of these games. They're very good as an underdog. So to me, this is you know, tie game with two minutes to go. This is a toss-up game. And if I, you're giving me three points and what's a toss-up game, I will take the three points. So I got the Lions here. It feels like
3: a good teaser spot too. If you're yeah. taking
2: them two and a half or three yep. up to the eight and a half or nine. I, well, having
3: had the in-game over Sunday, which has been great, a great bet to make in these Lions games. Mm-hmm. But having that, uh, you can imagine my frustration watching the Packers just continually throw the ball and Aaron Rodgers just make horrible throw after horrible throw in the red zone. Like, are we really sold on this Lions defense being able to shut down a Bears offense? It ha- I mean, give the Bears credit. Like, they're averaging over 30 points a game the last three weeks. I, d- I would be a little concerned on that front where I'm not sold at
2: all on this, on this Lions defense here. No, neither am I, but they don't seem to get blown out by anybody. They got blown out by the Patriots a couple weeks ago, but they seem to be in all of these games, even though they don't win any of them. And yeah, that was, uh, that was certainly frustrating. I'm sure if you had the over the other day, because you know, you bet these overs and it's, it's all about where the turnovers are. If you get the turnovers on inside the other 20, it leads to points. If you get the turnovers inside the red zone, it wipes points off the board. So, you know, a lot of times the the over-under comes down to where the turnovers occur. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Will Hill, yeah. you give him a follow. At's not the
3: Will Hill. There's a lot happening in uh, in New York right now and on the East Coast for uh, for Will. But backing the Vikings this week and the Lions this week. So you're going to the NFC North, my, my division from uh, growing up in Wisconsin. Uh, Will, thanks as always for the time, man. Great catching up with you. All right, Ben Pritch. Good to see you guys. Thanks
2: for having me. Absolutely, thank you. Will. And
3: not only too that you know that those Packers turnovers. Not only were they red zone picks, but mm-hmm. it's like if you're if you're going to turn the ball over on on these goal to go fourth down spots, at least throw incomplete. Because you, you you force then the team to have the ball on their own one. Can't you, you get run? picked in the head zone. It's like it's a double whammy. Can't he, you run it, though? And you could also do that. <laughs> you could also yeah, run like it. <laughs> why, is it really necessary to try <laughs> right. the uh, tackle-eligible sure. throw to David Bakhti? Yeah. yeah, probably not. Don't get me started. I mean, okay. Because we don't need to. You started yourself. Well, on. actually, unfortunately, we <laughs> have to talk about the Packers because they are part of Injury Tuesday. whole lot of injuries. We'll talk about that big marquee matchup, at least on paper. Packers-Cowboys, when we continue on the Lombardi Line.